Welcome to Cold Water Podcast. I'm Nicola Halton. We all know the importance of getting out there and doing a great work for Jesus. In this podcast, we will learn more about the people who are involved in changing lives for good, for God. Today, I'd like to welcome Jonathan Dunning of Meadowhead Christian Fellowship in Sheffield. Hello, Jonathan, and um, just just want to thank you for being here and um, having a chat with us about what you've been doing through lockdown with Meadowhead Christian Fellowship, and uh, you know, and how has it been going there? How's it how's it been working for you? I think, um, as with many churches, it's it's had its ups and its downs. Uh, I mean, to start with, there's a there's a level of frustration, but a level of excitement because suddenly we we're, we're trying to deal with technology in a way that we haven't beforehand. So uh, I was involved in leading prayer nights for about 90 nights running on near enough um, from from this little office here. Uh, but we also were looking at a magazine style program which we put out, and it was a, it was amazing to get comments and feedback from across the world so that was kind of exciting and uh, we're continuing now to live stream Sunday services now we're able to open up within the current regulations and guidelines um, negatively of course for any pastor there's always the challenge of the disconnect um, the disconnect with people the disconnect with them going through problems bereavements um, challenges um, particularly mental health issues which have been a big issue for for us here in Sheffield and I think uh, around around the country one of the major issues we have to tackle as a church. It has been, it, it, it really has. Um, it was just what I noticed when you were doing the 90 days was I felt very lonely but it was a connection to um, a church that I really loved. You were making me feel very connected to Jesus. Was I the only one who felt like that or did you did you find that that was reaching a lot of people? Um, we, we reached a lot of people beyond our church. I mean, we, it was never a plan to try and obviously entice people from their own churches in Sheffield. But I think many people were feeling particularly isolated. And there was this uncertainty about what the future would hold for so many people that actually a little community built up. It felt like a little family, uh, which was wonderful, really. And, uh, and, you know, as you remember, Nicola, we saw some really exciting answers to prayer in the context of all that, yes, too, which did. was really wonderful. Yeah. yeah you did um what drew you to Sheffield originally what was yeah, I, I worked at a place called Hollybush Christian Fellowship you'll be you'll be um talking to Jim I guess soon um I'm still in very good touch with Jim Wilkinson and the church there and uh you know there's it's still my spiritual sort of roots and home I was converted there um I was baptized in the river there I uh, led the youth there I led worship there and then I was the first person that paid staff there which I worked there for 10 years with Jim and you know we had some very exciting days and uh, you know I was there when both the first church and the second church building were built um I'm really part of both of that sort of thing. But it came to a point where I really had felt a call. I felt a call within about three months of my conversion at Hollybush to be involved in local church and in a pastorate. And whilst we saw some amazing things at Hollybush, there was always this sense of not really establishing a local church in the way that I'd felt personally called to. It wasn't a disagreement with Jim, but it was just that it was a sense of calling. And um, I guess I, I just felt 
one day that I really needed to um, to step out of Hollybush, but I had nothing in front of me at that time. I had an offer from the Evangelical Alliance to work for Clive Calver in the north of England and uh, also for Youth for Christ. They wanted me to be involved in a regional work too. And there was a possibility of even going to Canada. But none of these seemed to be the right right things. And in the end, almost um, I tripped into really... <laughs> circumstantially ended up going to Sheffield, a city I'd only visited once before, even though it was still in, in, in Yorkshire. And um, I ended up at this church, which at that time was meeting in a school in, in one of the areas of, you know, kind of urban social housing, um, 1960s social housing on the edge of the city. Um, I, and it became more and more a sense of, of, of Feeling my way into it, I didn't get what Jim had with Hollybush, an audible voice. I can't even tell you I had a scripture that, that drew me here. But I guess the last 27 and a half years have proved that perhaps it was what yes. God wanted for my life. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I, That's I, how long I, I've been here. <laughs> I, I can relate to that. There's nothing that makes you, you just got to know, you, you, you know you've just got to keep walking forward. Um, it's just a direction. It's a, it's a, it's an unusual thing to not have a very clear voice, but uh, that's faith, isn't it? That's what faith does. It. It's, yeah, yes. I, I think I think following Jesus. If we're always waiting for that word or that um, that uh, that voice to tell us, or even the prophetic to to actually guide us, do you know, there's a, there's just a place for walking in simple obedience. If we acknowledge him in all our ways, he will direct our paths. Yes. Uh, and God, God led me clearly here in a way that I didn't always understand was, yeah. was his leading. But, you know, it's like the psalmist says, surely goodness and mercy has followed me all the days of my life. I look over my shoulder and see what God's done over the last 27 and a half years. Yes. I, I you, you know, I know that the plan of God was for me to be in Sheffield. Yeah, it's an amazing testimony. And I, always feel a little bit sort of anyone who's been brought up in deep spiritual roots are very blessed um were you blessed as a child with with that um understanding my, my family were nominal christians my dad was nominal christian that's a bit unfair they were they were they were churchgoers basically yes. i was brought up to go to an anglican church where my dad was the was the organist um, but I never heard the gospel. I never, it wasn't a church that preached the gospel. It wasn't a church where I understood anything about a personal experience with God. I came to faith at Hollybush through an experience which which um, kind of was quite extraordinary. My sister had gone to a meeting in the very early days of Hollybush and Jim had told Jim Wilkinson that she would wake up in the middle of the night speaking in tongues. Well, she did. This is in a household who didn't know anything about charismatic gifts. And I was welcomed by my sister. I remember rushing into my parents' room at the age of 11 saying, Mum, Dad, Jill's gone mad. And, uh, you know, I, because yes. I had no idea what this was. Uh, but actually, you know, there's something about tongues being a sign for unbelievers. I, I sat down with my sister the next day and... I was interested in her story, and and I went along to a to a meeting in a barn. It was then it was then in the barn, which is just above the office now. That's where we met, and it was called the Barn Rally. And uh, I was the only person who went forward that night as an eleven year old. I was shaking throughout the whole meeting, mm -hmm. and I I met God yeah. as an eleven year old oh, at Hollywood. How wonderful! That's oh, lovely. Um, 
What would you say to people who are wary of of the of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Um, you know that there is that sort of tendency to sort of feel like you're going to get overtaken. I suppose it's uh, yeah. I mean, I think God doesn't. You know, I think the idea that people, when people do get out of control, that is not necessarily. You know, the Holy Spirit is probably emotions sometimes getting in the way yeah. because. The, the spirit of God is a spirit, as as Paul said to Timothy, of uh, love, power and of self-control. Mm-hmm. So there's an element whereby, you know, when people say, I just couldn't help it, there's mm-hmm. an element where they say, well, actually, you know, we want to be overwhelmed by God's love and God's power. Yes. But, you know, there is an element whereby you know, when God comes into our lives, he brings also a measure of self-control to us as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. My big worry at the moment, though, Nicola, is actually I meet so many charismatic Pentecostal churches who are charismatic in name but not in practice. And it seems it's almost out of vogue for people to actually speak in tongues or moving the gifts of the spirit. They're worried. They want to be seeker friendly or, or, you know, in a way that that people, they feel the outside world might accept them. And I've seen this trend happen in some of the, some of the larger presentation churches, which I think is a bit disappointing because I guess what I feel and what we feel as a church here is, that, that everyone has something to co op- to to operate, you know, to, to work or bring to church, you know, uh, as Paul said to the church at Corinth. And and we want to encourage people to contribute. Yeah. So it wasn't unusual before lockdown to have, if you count people in the band and people sort of like doing different things, not just talking about serving, but actually speaking, praying, um, bringing testimonies. We could have up to 30 people, 40 people on a Sunday morning contributing. Yeah. And, and I feel that is something really kind of important that we want to encourage in churches. Um not to be scared of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't. He doesn't take you out of. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't take over in a way that actually means that you're completely out of control and you're in a trance-like sort of state. But actually, it energizes your faith. And isn't that a wonderful sense? And I'm sure we we both felt it of, of the presence of God, of the closeness of God. Yeah. And uh, you know, God loves us, and He wants us. You know, he wants the best for us. Yeah. We must trust. That's it. It's that overwhelming love. And uh, you obviously show that to your community. Um, so, you know, there was a story where you, you you know, there was a somebody who, who'd just lost someone with COVID. And, you know, you, that struck with me, just how you walked with them and how you chatted to them. And to me, that is Jesus with with skin on. You know, you, you are acting like Jesus in the community. And and I think you need to be called to a community um, and where the people are, that's where you can shine the most. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I'm quite struck by, again, is that many people like the idea of mission. They like mission for a weekend or mission for a week or even mission for, you, you know, a year, take a year out of our lives and we'll do this mission thing. Actually, mission is our daily call, and 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 it takes time to dig into you know the poorer c- communities. People want to see you uh, actually living the life and and being involved. One of our values is transforming community, and, and you know we do that through lots of different ways of loving and being involved with the people around us. For instance, we took over the library when that was being closed down uh, in, in an area which had a very low sense of. Um, uh, both numeracy and literacy um, in terms of all the figures that the, the city had. Um, that library was is vital. And in fact, we've increased the, the use of it. We've increased the comp- 
computers to help people getting um, getting grants and getting help. Uh, we've had somebody helping with jobs there. We've done nutrition courses. We've done we work with a food bank. We've done healthy eating. We've done everything from chair aerobics to other types of healthy um, fitness things. Oh gosh, church is doing that. Is that missional? Well, it's missional because you build a relationship up with people that says we are interested in your body, soul, and spirit, and God yeah. will do you good yeah. as a whole yeah. person. And, um, you know, it's very, very important. I kind of, I guess I've never been a career pastor looking for the next, you know, the next church, which is a bit bigger or a bit better. I've, 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 I've been called to an area yeah, and I've, and I've sunk my life 27 plus years of my life into a, into a, a, a small area of Sheffield, because I do think that kind of mission recalling that we think about with people like Chrissy Perillo, who you're going to be talking to, people abroad, is vitally important in local church leadership too. Mm-hmm. And often we see people who do two years here, five years there, 10 years there, next, next good you know, sort of job offer comes up. We've got to be called to an area you yeah. know, and called yeah. to a people. That's lovely. What keeps you so positive? Because you're always really chirping. <laughs> Do you know, I'm not always positive. <laughs> I'm actually, I wish I was always positive. Um, do you know, I think the thing that somebody wanted, because I do spend some time with other church leaders in the area and try to support them and encourage them. Somebody asked me, you know, at your age, marvellous, isn't it? <laughs> at my age. Uh, at, your, at your age. How, after 27 years, do you still have faith and vision for the place? You know, there's there are leaders who get to a point where they're just back in maintenance mode and just keep the thing ticking over until retirement. Do you know, I've never had that. Yeah. There's always, there's always kind of, land to grow into somebody prophesied over me once about having a caleb spirit it's a bit of a mountain of some of the areas we're dealing with you know this area of south yorkshire uh, that i'm i'm in has got some of the lowest church attendance in europe actually yeah. or parts of parts of sheffield not necessarily our part we've got some brilliant churches around me but you know it, it's not everyone says oh it's not easy where we are well no it isn't mm-hmm. but dig in yeah dig in yeah. <laughs> get involved you know, love, care, demonstrate. I mean, you know, one of the things I've had to do is a lot of um, sort of like exorcisms in houses and wow. stuff that wow. people have been involved in, you know, in, in stuff like that. I And I think, you know, to the people around here, we call ourselves the fourth emergency service, you know. Yeah. They might see us as ghostbusters. We see ourselves as bringing God's kingdom into, into places. You know, we pray for people on the streets. We prayer walk our area. Um we took a Christmas card um, painted and done by one of the young kids off our estate um, around everyone's house at Christmas. Um, we've just been involved in Sheffield in something called Arise, where the Church of Sheffield have prayer walked every street in the city. And uh, you know, get involved. Get out of our churches. This is the one thing we have to do at the moment. We, you know, we're limited in our churches, but we still can get out into our communities. That's yeah. lovely. I just pray every blessing on your community. It sounds wonderful. And I also just want to say, what would you say to anybody who was thinking about becoming a Christian? Just thinking about it. I, I would say that first of all, um, you know what you what you have to 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 deal with is the fact that this, you know, <laughs> it's true to start with. Let's say this, we've just had Easter and I've just been involved in um, some podcasts that we've been doing in terms of 
reflections with regard to the Easter story. And if you think about the amazing change it brought in people's lives then and there, mm-hmm. and how, how even 10, 15, 20 years after Jesus' death and, and resurrection, you know, people were, were actually singing hymns about his, uh, about his glorification as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, as we read in Philippians 2. It's, it's quite exciting. You know, you're not just believing a myth you are actually, our faith is based on a historic fact that Jesus Christ existed, he died, and he rose again from the grave. But in opening your life up to God, this is good news for you. Yeah. Not, only does it, not only does it actually, you know, I was saying that the thing about a vaccine is whatever your views are on the vaccine, it cannot deal with our sense of guilt, our sense of failure, our sense of shame, our fears, our our dreams, our, our aspirations that have been disappointed through COVID. But God comes to us in Jesus and actually can meet us in the midst, like he did those early disciples on, on Easter day, you know, in the midst of their fears, in the midst of their shame, in the midst of their mess, in the midst of their tears, in the midst of their loss, and actually bring life and joy uh, to these people and hope. And Jesus will bring life and joy and hope to you if you will if you will turn to him as Lord and Saviour. That's lovely. Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, well, I think you've answered all my questions. So um, thank you for <laughs> thank being you. there and, you know, doing what you do. So, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. God bless you. you. And, uh, yeah, it's yes, been good to talk. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Cold Water Podcast. Please remember to subscribe and join next week.